Welcome to another episode of How You Can Too with your host, your boy Alvi, aka Danny, aka Mr. You Can Too. I have a great episode today for anybody who is in a relationship or is looking to get into a meaningful relationship themselves. I am joined by life designer and relationship strategist Soraya Altana. We have a really amazing conversation on one, how important it is to love yourself first when it comes to a relationship and understanding that that is not selfish, but necessary to have a thriving relationship. Soraya tells us a lot about her journey and how her own breakups in relationships has led her into the work that she is doing today. She gives a lot of great, great, great tips for people who are currently in relationships, for single people. And we have a great discussion around the principle of responsibility and how important responsibility and ownership is in all of our relationships. If you enjoy this episode, please, please, please share it with your family, friends, and loved ones. It would mean the world to me if you leave a five-star rating and a review of the show. I honor you, I appreciate you, and as always, you can too. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a phenomenal guest in the building today. I have the number one life designer and relationship strategist, Soraya Otana, in the building. And her work is all about helping people design a life that they love. Soraya, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Alvi, for allowing me to be here and sharing this amazing space with you. Absolutely. Something that always interests me with people who are working with other people design their ideal life and become the best version of themselves is how did they get into this work? And I would love to know, based off of your own story and your experience, what led you to become the number one life designer and relationship strategist? Well, wow. Uh, thank you. So my story, I, I'm an interior designer by training. And uh, I started my journey on this out of me going through a very hard uh, separation that was leading to divorce. And as I started uh, getting answers, I was aching. I had been crying for years and I didn't know how to get over that. And I was looking for help. I'm somebody that is very open. So I was looking for help everywhere I could. And uh, I ended up in a, in a phenomenal uh, workshop of personal development that totally changed my life. I've been crying for three years. I stopped crying in three days. Hmm. And so I started a journey. I said, how come it was, nobody told me it was this easy to stop crying. Right. Like I would have saved myself so many dark nights, so much, mm. you know, so much pain and of course, so many clinics. Right. And so that that's how that was the genesis of that. And through that, I went on a journey to learn more about me, how to stop the pain, like how to get me out of the maze that I had created. I was praying to God to show me the way. And this is the way that let me he led me to. And uh, so fast forward. Uh, I was having a coach work with me and I was going through, I had already by then spent so much invested in me, right? Through workshops, seminars, trainings, uh, retreats, coaches, mentors, books, everything yeah. that I could put my hand on. And then one day, my very own coach asked me a question that changed my life. And she said, Soraya, 
have you ever thought of being a, about being a coach yourself? And I said, oh my gosh. I mean, I'm, where's that coming from? Because, you know, I'm telling here here about my own, my own deals. I was flipping houses. I was buying houses, remodeling them. I could put my interior design on it. And then I was selling them and always close over asking price because of the work that I did for them, right? So when she said that, it put a bug on me because one of the things that I wanted to do, my friend Mariana, who lives in Rio de Janeiro, she said, Soraya, come visit me for a month. I said, Mariana, I cannot leave my business here for a month, <laughs> right? Like, can you, right? So this is years ago. And I said, you know what? Whenever I find the way for me to be able to leave and be here, be with you for a month, I'll join you. So when this, all of these things were falling in place, I think something that attracted me to was that it was becoming the real business and purpose, not only business, but really purpose for me living something that was remote and something that I thrived on because when my coach asked me that, I started connecting the dots and I realized I had been the go-to person. I traveled with 500 teenagers on mission trips for over a span of 10 years to four continents and I was training them, I was teaching them, I was hugging them, I was, I was being their counselor and not only to them but to many people. So when she said that, it was like, have you ever been in you're looking at the stars and when somebody tells you, do you see that? Those stars are like, if you connect this star with the other one, like the big deeper is right there, right? Mm -hmm. Otherwise you just see a bunch of stars. Whereas that, that was what happened to me. I connected mm. the dots. I connected the stars and I said, oh my gosh, yes, this is me. And fast forward, uh, uh, some time after that, I, I, I became a coach and now I am an interior designer that empowers people to redesign their interiors. That's why I'm a life designer. Mm, I love that so much. And something that comes up for me as you're explaining your journey and how you got into coaching, it very much reminds me of part of my own story of coming from this place of being the wounded healer, going through my own struggle, my own hard times, and essentially learning from those things and deciding that I wanted to help people in the same way that I got helped through the coaching, the seminars, the books, the podcasts, just like you spoke on it. And I love this imagery of you looking at the stars and being able to essentially connect your own dots and come into alignment and see how your coaching was going to allow you to take this next step in your life and in living your purpose. I'm so curious, what is your coaching looking like now and what are some of the the common things that you're finding people coming to you for okay well sure thank you so uh yes i hear you right when you get so many tools and you get so prep and you say what do i do with this now right and you get the not only the knowledge but the tools right and you're able to help others yeah that's phenomenal so that's what you and i do and uh what does it look like it is people come to me when they're whenever they're stuck either emotionally or psychologically their mindset right or a combination they're usually tied to each other uh, as we cannot really separate our mindset from our emotions so people come whenever they're stuck so i work with entrepreneurs that they don't get to do something and it reflects on their business solopreneurs right entrepreneurs that, that there's there's trouble at home and is reflecting in their income in their impact in how they're showing up right and i started working with um 
with couples as well out of a, a need that I was called for. And, um, and so I work with couples, people that are usually that are headed for divorce nonstop people that are stuck in their relationships and they love each other, but they don't seem to be able to communicate to get over things that have happened and so forth. Right? So they call me and as long as they love each other and they're willing to work, then we are able to turn things around. So I've, I work with a, uh, with a handful of couples and then some, and every couple that I've worked with are that we're headed for a, an in, in imminent separation or divorce, they are together till this day and is creating new definitions, a new form of relationship. And so not one where we are each one in the corner, right? Like in the boxing ring and you're putting mm. on the gloves and you're going <laughs> at your partner, right? So people tend to forget that because there's so many things that gets in the middle because the reality is that nobody really teaches us how to be happy right nobody really teaches you how to love and be in a relationship how to stay married nobody teaches you how to raise children nobody teaches you how to manage money and nobody teaches how to have successful relationships so mm. i've been able to gather all that through my own journey and right. put it in bite sizes where people can digest it and make it so simple that people realize that oh i can do this i can do that and i you mean i don't need to be hung up on this you mean it's that easy like like for me it was that easy to stop crying right so there's mm. so many elements that are based on foundational eternal and everlasting and universal principles and values that work when you put them into place. Mm, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I love how you've been able to take these couples who are so close, literally imminent to separating and divorcing and literally being able to help them create a new foundation and new definitions of what their love together can look like. I'm very curious. What have you, have you found there to be specific foundations foundational principles that have been game changers for the majority of the clients that you've worked with that maybe the listeners who are listening in right now can start to think about themselves and see if they're implementing it in their own relationships? Sure. I think one of the biggest principles that I teach um, to anybody that comes from my practice and I actually have it in, it's one of my last um, YouTube videos. It's the principle of responsibility, responsibility. And we have it usually that responsibility is this burden that, that fell upon us, right? That somebody jumped on us and is this big, heavy load, whatever the case might be. It might be on business. It might be, okay, I'm responsible for this family, right? Or I'm responsible for the success of this or responsible for this or that. So there's, there's kind of a, a connotation of the heaviness, right? When I am responsible and many people that come to my practice and I listen to them because I also become to them a, a, a language coach. I hear what they're saying and you very well know that our words is uh, are either descriptive or creative right but many people don't realize they're creating a lot of more of what they're living and they don't want by by how they they uh they express it so a lot of times i hear people saying well it's not my fault well it's your fault right so we carry this word 
fault all around, right? I see right. it. I constantly see it in movies and series. You know, oh, they die because of me. It's not your fault, right? Like you mm. didn't. There's the word fault is so easily thrown. And when you're in relationships, so bring it back to your own life, right? Fault by definition, like it's my fault. I was at fault, and there is it carries punishment, right? Mm, by definition, right. there's like that guilt. So now you're you're doomed to be punished because it's your fault, right? So I I I learned to trade that for responsibility. Now, how do you spell responsibility? Here's a huge mind shift, right? Um, it's Tony Robbins would call it a two millimeter shift, right? Mm. Where you're making the minor tweaks that if you're in a plane that is directed in from Miami to LA, right? And the pilot decides last minute that he's going to switch the plane just two millimeters to the right, right? After a thousand miles, you might end up somewhere in uh, in Oregon, right? So, uh -huh, for sure. So that is, these are the mind tweaks that we make. So responsibility. How do I spell in my book? How do you, how do I spell responsibility? Response and then A-B-I-L-T-Y. Ability. Mm. Responsibility. My ability to respond to what's missing, to what's happening. So it's not my fault. It is me as a leader, right? So this is on a subject when you say, you know what? I am having the best of me show up. I'm having a different persona in me that is rising up, the one that elevates and the one that sees what's missing. So which is very tied to leadership, right? There are right. many definitions of leadership. One of them is a leader is the one who sees what's missing and they put it there, right? Mm. So you can take it anywhere around me. So in your personal relationships, in your business, right? But let's talk about a personal you and somebody that you love. It doesn't matter if it's your child, your mom, your cousin, your significant other, right? But when they come to you and it's a heated day and there's this and that, you as a leader, you get to step up and say, okay, what's missing here? What's missing here when this person is agitated, right? They're worked up. I could go into a, 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 a fight right here, right? Right. I could, you can add water to a fire or you can add gasoline to a fire right <laughs> for sure so i can bring that or i can step up i can elevate myself and say what's missing here what's missing here is understanding what's missing here is validation what's missing here is caring for that person right like what's missing mm. is allowing them to express themselves without me taking personal offense what's missing here is me hugging them embracing them or giving them being that space right for them as they're saying this and what's missing is allowing them to process that, right? So that's just an example. So I see what's missing and I put it there. That's my ability to respond instead of reacting. So with that principle, when I work with couples, this is one of the most basic, profound, foundational principles that we instill in the relationship that is summed up, summed up by a phrase. If it's to be, it's up to me. Mm, if this relationship that. is going to change, if this relationship is going to take us to a different level, if all the pettiness is going to change, if all the backstabbing, all the lack of respect, all the issues that are going on, right? It's up to me. I am going to be the one. I'm not going to expect my partner to do it. It's up to me. I am dropping the charges. 
and I'm choosing. I always say hashtag yes me. I'm choosing yes me. I am going to do this because if it's to be, it's up to me. So that is one of the most profound things that you can use all throughout your 360 around your life. They can totally pivot your life from where you are to where you want to be. That, that's such a powerful tool. And I love that this idea of responsibility and flipping fault and turning that around into, okay, what's my ability to respond in this situation? And it comes from a place of ownership is understanding that, okay, if it's to be, it's up to me. Meaning that if I want something to change, it is upon me to create this change. What I would love to know is, because this is what I see uh, very often. Um, I very much completely agree with what you say. Things should come from a place of ownership. When I look at my own life, I always see like, okay, how did I contribute to this situation that I found myself in? And I've done a lot of, you know, deep inner work to slowly but surely get myself to that point. I'm curious for some of the clientele that you've worked with, say if maybe they've never had experience before doing any of the type of inner work, how do you get them to tap into the beingness that is required to be able to let their guard down, to stop blaming the other or stop blaming their partner and be able to create a space where they look at themselves first? Hmm. Well, I, I love that. And I, it's so um, super fun what you're saying, because even when I work with people, right, I all I need is one willing partner because they say, well, my partner is not involved. They wouldn't want to do this. So I said, okay, well, what if you start showing up differently? Would they notice? What if you stop the bickering? They're used to you, right? The nagging, the this, the that the calling them names, the disrespect. So if you were to show up differently, would they notice? Would they say, hey, tell me, now you got my attention, right? <laughs> so right. that's part of it. But I think, and as you know, this is this is a science and this is art. And I think that part of my combo is that makes me unique is the fact that I can, I can spell out for people without them feeling threatened because again, language is so powerful. And, right. and, uh, and when I work with uh, different couples and with the spouse that is the least willing, I speak into them in a mm. way where I am, the experience that they're getting from me is one that is uplifting them. Once where they, apparently they would feel, it's not really the case, but they would feel that I'm on their side, right? Because I don't take sides. I, am, I don't take sides, I'm very, uh, central, I, I take a stand for the relationship. Right. So when they see that and when they see what it's in it for them, it's, they, they dis disarm themselves because mm -hmm. now they want it. They're right. not, they might be up in arms, right? When I first come in or they might be, uh, uh, the, the, the picture of crossed arm, right? But as soon as they start seeing the different principles that I am unpacking, they, they, it makes sense because that's, like you said, if you're into a path of personal development, you've seen 
a lot of things that sometimes don't make sense, right? Like you walking over fire or doing, or, you know, breaking an arrow or working over glass or whatever nest that might be that you're doing. There are things that not necessarily make sense to the logical mind, but so, but you're already adapting yourself to take things to come in, right? For somebody that is not in that place, then what I do usually, in the, and that's, that's part of my success is that people don't need to be in that. I, 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 like I said, I speak it with apples and oranges so that people can digest it and they can grasp it and they can make it their own. And like you were saying, take ownership. Why? Because a confused mind will not take action. And like, for example, one of these programs that I'm talking about, I work with, with a couple or an individual. In this case, we're talking about couples, but if I work yeah. with an individual or a couple, I have a program that is like an eight-week journey that starts with two days on a single person or two days and a half with a couple or a family. And we go in a deep, deep dive. And, and I ask people at the beginning to rate everything that they would want to eradicate from their life and then uh, and rated zero to 10, how present is on their lives right now, right? So I always mm. get high numbers. It's from a seven is the lowest, seven, eight, nine, 10, 200, right? And then <laughs> I asked them, okay, so right now in, in that second page that I give them, write everything that you would like to see uh, gone from your life, that if you could, you know, if we shook a magic wand, it would disappear from your life, right? So then, actually, no, that was the first one. The second one is, what would you want to see present in your life that is not present right now, right? Peace, joy, love, uh, trust, right? So forth. So they write it and it's usually on low numbers, zero, one, two, threes. So by the end of the time that we work together, the numbers have flipped, right? The things, how present is that in your life today is what I asked them. And by the end of it, the numbers that were high now are low. If they were a 10, there are three, two, one, zero or the numbers that were low is like now they have the confidence that they can place it. So it is the, the, them seeing because they are processing this and they're the one taking the steps because it is so easy the way I put it for them so that they can take those steps and they can see progress and progress is happiness. Mm, I love that. I love that. It's so true. Progress is happiness. What I love about what you just explained there is how, you set this up in such a way that it's so easy for the people that you're working with to understand what it is that you're telling them. And language is an extremely powerful tool. And I'm curious, what have you found in terms of in relationships, helping your clients use better language with each other so that things yeah. are maybe more clear and understood between the two of them? Sure. You know what? I'll give you this one principle that if people use it, <clears throat> half of the problems disappear. You know, that's, that's why we're it's so able to move through so quickly because I, sometimes I call it a, 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 um, a stoplight, right? What are things that your spouse or you, when I work with them, is what are things that they stop doing? What are the things you wish for them to stop doing right? Red light. What are the things that you would want them to get a green light on to start doing, right? They stop being, uh, 
caring. They stopped helping around. They stopped, you know, they started throwing the, 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 the towels on the floor, you know. It's the, the minutia that starts eating up a relationship, right? right? And then it becomes a, a crack, like a hairline. Uh, I'm from Mexico City. Mexico City, we get earthquakes usually in mm. September. And if you're in a building and you see a hairline after an earthquake, you don't want to be there right because mm. there is foundationally that's starting to break apart even though you only see a hairline on the wall right for many relationships happen like that and they ignore it or they turn the other way or what happens is they go into a and in, in what i call a ping pong i'm sorry I like a ping pong right like a mm -hmm. zigzag oh you did this well i'm going to show you now well i'm not going to do this now right so that's where they mm. start stopping and they start right. doing something oh really well now i'm going to tell you well now i'm going to do this so there's all this zigzagging happening happening as a result as a reactive mode of what you're doing to me but anyways that's not really what i wanted to share with you but here's a principle that can change powerfully and overnight in a relationship in language that has to do with language Two things I'm going to give you. One is uh, questions. Questions, right? The their questions are the answers to what you're looking for, and there are powerful questions. You ask a powerful question, you are going to get your relationship to another side, and that takes training, right? So questions. So, and number two is avoiding the word "you," right? Mm -hmm. So if I say, "I'll be what." We see that you always, that's another word, right? The, 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 the generalizations, bless you. Um, the why is it always, um, oh, you always, no, it's not always. You never do this. It's not never, right? But that's a language that what happens when people are hearing, you always, you threw, you, you drop the glass. It's your fault, right? So whenever you hear that as a person, it doesn't need to be from your, from anybody. What is normal human behavior? We feel attacked, right? right? We want to get defensive. We get defensive. Now suddenly the 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 um, the steel wall comes up. Now I don't want to talk to you. Now I'm, you're driving me away from me, right? Now I'm pushing me away. I don't want to have anything to do with it because I feel attacked. Mm. So whenever I use the word "you," so I always teach people is that's a word that you want to avoid when you are in a in a hot circumstance right so it's not the same to say hey uh because you left the glass that i told you not to leave on the edge of the table now it dropped it's your fault right so imagine you eating a breakfast lunch and dinner with these things at you right yep. then how would you feel of course you're not going to feel and you're, it's not conducive right the context the context in this in this form is not the it is not conducive to have the content that you want, which is peace of mind, right? Peace, which is a loving or, or a respectful way of communicating, right? right? So because I am being antagonistic, I'm being judgmental, right? I am I am exercising a judgment over you. You are a careless jerk that you don't care about, right? That's not my <laughs> reality. That's that's something that happened, right? But now I've been judged for that, and now there's a lot of resentment that gets created because of wording. What if I told you, Alvi, okay, so first of all, I'm taking responsibility. What's missing? The glass dropped on the floor. It's broken. It's shattered. There's, there's liquid spill, right? 
So if it's to be, it's up to me, is I think, right? In a split of a second, what's missing here? Well, it's missing understanding, right? Or compassion or, you know, give me a, a mercy card, extend the mercy card or love whatever the things that I always say there's, you know, that are above the line, those things that we want below the line are those things that we don't want. So if I want to show, if I want to be the change that I want to see happen, so it's okay, you know, don't worry about it. I go, I get the paper towels or the towel, whatever it is, right? I pick it up. I am not judging you. I am not coming against you. Why? Because I realize, and I come from a place of love that says, we all make mistakes. We all leave the thing here. You know, it translates into different things, but, but maybe I have a recommendation. It's okay. Don't worry. Right. Let's just do it. How would you feel if suddenly I showed up this way? Yeah, I feel safe. I feel understood. And I'd definitely be in a place where I'm ready to be, you know, collaborative and compromising and more open. Right. So, and let's say that we rewind in that incident, right? If I, if it's to be and it's up to me and I'm taking responsibility and I watch my language and I see the glass on the edge and I'm thinking already, right? That's, that's going to fall. I already <laughs> know it. I already saw it, right? So in, what if instead of me saying, hey, you are leaving that right there and it's going to fall and it's going to be your fault versus what if I said, hey, what about the glass that is there? How about we move it or, or let me move it, right? But I'm not using you. So there are many instances where you can use the word you that doesn't need to be, right? You left the, the, the dog unattended, right? Hey, the dog was left unattended. So using neutral language, right? You left the glass by the edge. The glass was left by the edge. So there's a huge difference between the first one and the outcome and what you create through that from the second one, what you're creating on that just simply because of the language. The second one, what does the first one convey, right? I'm at fault. Now I'm nervous. Now I feel like I am punished by everything. I need to walk on eggshells. I am tight, right? I'm uptight. Right. It creates that environment, our language. And the second one is, and I feel that I can, it's okay to make mistakes, right? I always tell couples, write at the call on your, on your wall that says, who are we as a family, right? In this family, we do, I love it. I've seen it in many different places, right? In this family, we do loving. We do forgiving. We do, I'm sorry, right? We make mistakes and we play and we have, and so you're allowing for that because it's going to happen. So right. that is what creating the relationship that you want, but the words that you use is not, you didn't show up in time and now it's your fault that I am late, right? And I see that mm. constantly versus, you know what? I know it's late. It's already late. So what are we going to do? You know, so right. you start changing that. You, you, by your wording, you're changing how you feel and how you're communicating them. And suddenly you're creating in your, in your relationship that which you want, which is oneness, right? Which is a whole entire different topic. But that is what I would suggest to people. Trade the word you for something that is a neutral language you know the glass was left the dog was left unattended the baby was dirty you know the the glass fell instead of you dropped it you didn't look at it you were supposed to do it and you and you and you because then that becomes very antagonistic and people shut down at you absolutely absolutely that that's a a, a beautiful beautiful powerful tool that everyone listening 
highly recommend that you use. And I use a, a version of this as well. Um, it sounds sim very similar to nonviolent communication um, in a way. And very much in nonviolent communication, it talks about how important it is to be able to me myself label, you know, what was the triggering event. So like in your example, you know, the triggering event would be that the glass fell, right? It's not, oh, it's your fault that the glass fell. It's simply that the glass fell. That's what happened. And then checking in and seeing, hey, what are those type of or what were the type of emotions that that brought up in me? And then from there, I can understand where that comes from based off of my values. And then lastly, I can essentially make a request to the other party. And I found it in my own life that just makes a world of difference versus trying to use the word you and trying to place that blame on somebody else. Because all that does is, like you said, puts up that steel wall. And now there's just a battle going on where nobody's actually being understood. It's kind of just, you know, who can be louder or who can try to place more blame on the other person. Right. And, and people go into, I am right and you're wrong. And the problem with people getting stuck in being right is that they make somebody else wrong, right? So just write on what you're saying, okay? It's your fault. So it's, um, it's you know, that which takes us to, to relationships that we don't want to write chapters about. But when you understand those two million shifts, because this is just very easy to understand, right? It takes practice and it takes creating new habits to, to, to put it into place and so forth. However, these are the things that, that create a different environment all around you. And it shows up wherever you go because now nobody feels intimidated by you. Nobody feels antagonistic. People are drawn to you because of how, what Maya Angelou said, right? People will forget what you say, but people will never forget how you make them feel. So mm. how we make feel our partners, our, our, our families, or the people that we love, or the people that are around us is so critical. And it happens by understanding that we all, we're in a fallen world, right? So we make mistakes. And it's right. okay to make mistakes, right? I had somebody, one of my mentors when I was a teenager said, said, I am, it's okay to make mistakes. Just don't make it a habit, <laughs> right? Yeah, make like the same that. one, the same one, repeat it over and over again. And I felt such a relief because I thought I was going to die, right? Because they were going to kill me. But he said, no, it's, it's okay to make mistakes. So, so these are part of the things that when you create and you give, um, extend uh, the mercy card, right? Like, it's okay. It's okay. And then people, like you said, people feel understood, people feel appreciated versus what, what we don't know how to communicate because really nobody taught us how to do this. So I'm in a mission to change that and to train people into how you can have your cake and eat it too. How can you have a fulfilled life? How you can design a life that you love. I love that. I love that. It's so powerful. And I'm so happy that there's people like you in the world who are doing this work and helping people create that fulfilling life. I think it is something that is a God-given right and that all of us have access to once we learn the tools and we apply them in life, just like you said. Switching gears slightly, I know we spoke a lot into the kind of like the relational aspects of, you know, our interactions with people. I would love to switch gears and start to hear some of your philosophy on how 
it's really important for, say, a single person who is looking to develop an amazing, juicy, long-term relationship. How does that person get to work on themselves in such a way to put themselves in the position to attract the type of partnership they're looking for? Okay, so if somebody is wanting, um, here here's the premise of that. We have not learned how to love, right? So many people go into a relationship looking for somebody to make them happy. We, you, we sometimes say, my better half, right? We ha- use this kind of language, and that implies that I am not complete, right, without that other person, um, or I'm looking for somebody to make me happy, to fill a void that that I feel, right? And now, in my personal opinion, that has a lot to do with your relationship with God, but for people are looking for, to meet that. So people are coming into a relationship as stakers. I need you to do this. I need you to do this for me. I need you to be this for me. I need you to, right? Like you have to do all this. Then people place expectations. And so that already, it starts with a, with a left foot, so to speak. And people don't realize it. Now, here's, here's something, because I actually have a training for single people that want to go into a relationship. This is something that, this is a very interesting part that I discovered um, just recently. Because I've been interviewed a lot of single people that want to go into relationships to understand where they are, what are the fears, what are the struggles, what are the expectations, and all of this, right? So I could put this program together. And one of the things that I constantly hear um, is this phrase, which, by the way, um, you know that I support uh, survivors of human trafficking. And I coach them and I help them through. So, um, So one of the girls told me one time she said i only attract jerks right people tell me i attract i attract people that are abusive i attract you know such and such so here's here's something worth taking a little deep dive in here if you if i may right Absolutely. so i said okay so this is who you attract right or this is who you think that you attract but no in reality Okay, let's say, say I'm talking to a a, um, a a girl, right? So you're a woman. You're going to attract a ton of people just because of the fact that you're a woman, right? You're going to attract, let's, let's label them, high-caliber men, right? You're going to attract uh, men that are just not even good for you, that you would not go out with, right? So you're going to attract everybody. However even though you're attracting them, who you allow to step into your world, let's just call it for names for the sake of uh, having a visual for this exercise, right? So you will attract from zero interest that you have from people or like a 10, like all this amazing or whatever, or the lack of, right? So zero to 10, right? These, all these people, but you have a window where you feel comfortable with yourself to allow these kind of people into your world. So you might feel like you are worth a seven or an eight. You're not going to necessarily open up to somebody that in your own, in your own definition is like a 10, right? right? You would not open up yourself, to, which is in your own definition, like a two or a three, but you are going to open up in that window. You are going to allow those people to come into your world. 
And so if you tell me I attract the jerks, no, you attract a lot of more people, but you're allowing yourself to be in relationship with the jerks because what happens is there is an internal conversation with you about your own worth that says, that says silently, it is okay for them to behave in such a way. It is okay for them to be jerks. It is okay for them to abuse me. It's okay for them to take because there is a hidden silent conversation that goes on inside of every one of us that has a lot to do with our worth and we justify it, right? It's okay because I am, let's just uh, uh, pretend. So for example, in my case, I felt uh, for many years, I felt that I was ugly. I felt that I was uninteresting. I felt that I was boring and I felt that no man would want to stay with me. Why? Because of what happens to almost every human being. By the time that you're seven, your blueprint has already been formed of how you're going to live life, how you're going to view money, how you're going to be loved, how you're going to uh, live and have a concept of God or religion. You already framed it according to what you live, what you saw, what you heard, what you experienced, right? right. So what happened for me is my dad left when I was about three years old. So I don't even remember having daddy at home, but I craved so much for his presence, right? That I started going into questioning myself and saying, what, what is it that my daddy doesn't, why don't I have his attention? So he would pick us up on the weekend and my brother and I, and I started noticing around the age of six or seven that my dad was favoring my brother. And I started questioning myself and I remember this, like I remember the moment when, where I was standing, what I was wearing, and I was about six or seven and said, who do I need to be? What do I need to be for my daddy to have his attention? Mm. Alvin, you know what I came up with? What was a brilliant What's... idea after me watching my dad favor my brother? What's that? I need to be a boy. Mm. So that day I, I used to live with all my cousins Back in Mexico City with my dad and my, my mom's siblings. So it's four families. They had 10 children, five years apart from the youngest to the oldest. So Eesh. we were 10 children living in a house. It was like a kindergarten and we loved it. But so I prayed, I played with my three cousin, girl cousins, and there were six boys. That day I stopped playing with the girls. To me, girls were boring, uninteresting, and I wanted to be a boy so that I could be accepted. You know, I mean, I was a girl, but I wanted to, you know, like pass by a boy to see if I could have my father's attention. And when that didn't happen, then fast forward years later, I'm asking myself a different question. Okay, so my daddy didn't, you know, even though I tried, it didn't please him enough. So then there's got to be something foundationally wrong with me. So my question that I started going at was, what's wrong with me? There's something foundationally wrong so that my dad, and therefore I equivalent all men to this. So fast forward, now I am an adult, but I keep rehearsing this in my mind, right? So I am ugly, I'm uninterested, I'm not enough because I'm not enough for my dad to stay, so I'm not enough for a man, right? So why am I telling you all this is because that would be the kind of men that I would allow into my life. And I've realized it in recent years as I've gone in this seven-year journey of personal development, right? And I realized you know what, I made myself available to men that are emotionally unavailable. Mm, so that's what you were used to. Well, not only was I used to, but guess what? They would never leave. They were safe. Why? Because they would never leave. Why? Because they were never there in the first place. So these are the kind of things that, to answer your question, 
I said, you know, this is like worth taking a deeper dive is how do I feel about myself? And that's when, when, if, if somebody wants to go into a relationship, I would say the first thing that you want to do is, is look at the mirror and see what are the things that you're bringing unknowingly into a relationship that are going to create havoc. Because guess what? I brought that into my very own marriage, but I didn't know how not to be that. I didn't, and nobody had turned on the lights for me. So I became this very condescending, controlling, uh, nagging wife that was very righteous about myself, and he was doing all the wrong in my own perspective, right? Mm. So there I see many relationships of that. And it's very, I always ask people, what do you think your past relationship or your last relationships didn't work? Oh, because they were this, because they didn't do that, because they didn't want to invest, because they, they didn't see this, right? Because they were like this. And it's usually always somebody else's fault, right? It's never how I showed up. It was never what I did, right? And, and, and again, we go back to the principle of not taking responsibility. And you said it, blame shifting. Somebody else is responsible and f at fault and guilty of charge that now I am living in this situation, right? So when there is the freedom of me taking hashtag, yes, me, I did it. How did I contribute to, to this, right? It takes two to tango. How did I create this? What is my responsibility here? How did I generate these results? Where did I miss it? What are my blind spots? So I would say, man, get, get in, a, in, a, in a program, get with a coach, get with something. I you know, certainly have a program for that, but get, with, get help because otherwise, again, if we think about this, right? A doctor, a lawyer, how many years do they go to school to become a lawyer, a profession of this sort? Yeah, long time, four, four to eight years. Four to eight years, up to right. 10, right? 10 years right. just to become a doctor of something that you're going to practice, right? It's, gonna, it's part of your life and it's a very important part of your life. But how much training do we go into to have one of the most important relationships of a lifetime if you're thinking about a marriage, right? Yeah, zero. Zero. So <laughs> how are we expected to have amazing results in this thing, and I always say, when I'm training people, I say, there's no big bang for amazing relationships. Mm. There is no big bang. You're not going to find the right person. I always hear this. The right person hasn't shown up. Like, well, you would want to become the right person so that when the right person shows up, you're ready, because otherwise you're going to mess it up, which was my case. I had an amazing man show up and knock at the door of my house. And, and, and he was like Mr. Perfect, because what? I was not ready for that. I was in my own unknowingly, right? I felt inferior. I felt that I was not good enough. And I, and I, 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 I pushed him away. And now he's one of the biggest developers in the whole Riviera Maya, an amazing man. He's married, has three children. He's a beautiful person, but I wasn't ready because I, you know, going back to how I felt about myself. So there's all this. And then I have a man I had a man that walked in me and gave me and gave me and gave me and, and he changed my life. I ended up marrying him, but I still wasn't ready. So we didn't prepare. And what we did is we, we wanted an anatomy and biology and hormones do not create an amazingly fulfilling relationship. They will draw you in. There will be polarity. It will be magnetic for a while, right? And it doesn't, it doesn't, 
sustain the relationship for a long term. That's why the Dr. Gary Chapman in his book, Five Languages of Love, have you read it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's like a must read, right? He says, well, that period of enamorment, it lasts for two years, right? Like a bad, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm doomed. What, what do I do after the two years? Because we don't know how to build it. And I, I have a discrepancy with him and say, no, you get to create it. You get to design it. It happens by design. It happens by you saying, what do we want? How, how do I want to envision that relationship, right? But it starts with me. What is the kind of relationship? What is the kind of life that I want? Going back to me being single, right? What is the kind of life that I want to live and build so that when that person shows up, I already become magnetic because I am healthy inside and out. I am elevating myself. I am growing because, because the one problem that I find in, in, in any unsuccessful people, whether it's a solopreneur uh, trying to work in their business or a relationship, whoever it is, and everybody in between, the number one enemy is ignorance. So I would say to any single person that wants to go into, not only I say, you man, just don't go into a relationship because that's, you know, that's what you're like, oh my gosh, I'm here, I'm stuck, right? I was working with with somebody one time, I was, I was training people and, I, and I, I was working with this woman that said her relationship, her marriage was just not good, right? And, um, and so I said, okay, well, coming to this Zoom, this is years ago, and I'm gonna teach you this and that, right? So I had a bunch of people there in Zoom. And then I saw her with her husband sitting next to her, right? And then, and I'm talking, and then I said, oh, you know what, through this and that, your marriage can be restored. And I kept talking. Well, in that second, I see him getting up, walking towards the exit door and leaving. Wow. And I called her the next day. I said, girl, tell me about your marriage. How is your marriage? It's like, oh, what about this? Right. And she started telling me all these things that were like horrible. And she tells me, oh, yeah, I don't speak much to him. Okay. Tell me about your sex life. What sex life? He is being into pornography so six months it's been six months since i don't let him touch me right and i'm saying no wonder when i say the word marriage right he's equivalent to i get a nagging witch that gives me no sex and you i want more of this no thank you and he walks mm. out right so that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about you creating an epic life for yourself that you said you know what like you said, I have my God-given right to make something amazing out of my life. What is the next level? What is not only if I'm doing great and successful in my business, right? How, what, do I want to create a family? What kind of family do I want? What kind of impact do I want to create in the world? And now we focus on legacy, right? What are you going to leave for others after you're gone? What? But there are different uh, steps. There are different seasons. There are different levels, right? but you can make it epic. So that that's a relationship that I'm talking about. Not the one that you said, oh my gosh, I'm here because I'm stuck. Let me find somebody else, right? Or one that you said, I am here because I don't want to go anywhere else. My needs are met because we have built it, right? It didn't happen by a big bang. Mm, I love that. And, and it makes so much sense. What, what comes up to for me as you eloquently explain all of this is how this all gets to be intentional, right? Building the relationship of my dreams gets to be intentional. And it's something that I get to put my focus, love, and energy into to have it happen. 
And in order to make the relationship work, I get to first make sure that I'm in a really good place and I have a really great relationship with myself where, you know, any single person who's listening to this, you know, each and every one of you knows your worth and what you're bringing to the table. And also on maybe the shadow side of it, you might know some of your traumas. And if you're not careful, what are the like destructive things that you might bring to a relationship if you're not conscious on working on it and taking ownership in how you bring that to a relationship and really take it upon yourself to do the work through a coach or through a podcast program, you know, whatever it is to ensure that you are in a position to break through that so that you're the best version of yourself. And now you're bringing your best version of you to this relationship. Yeah. That's, it's, that's beautiful. It comes down to you, right? So, and yeah. if you see that the other person is the one that needs to fulfill all your long list of things that you want and you're not contributing to that, again, it's it's not going to be sustainable. It only can go for so long, but it's not going to last. So if you want a lasting relationship that is not only, my program is called, for singles, it's called Epic Me, Epic We, right? It starts with me. So if you're going to create that, I mean, I'm not promising people to go into a relationship. I'm saying, work on you. Fear out for you. Be right. so in love with, like, where you're saying with your life, right? And we People don't know how to love themselves. Learn to love yourself. Learn to be in a healthy, yummy, juicy, awesome place that somebody will want you to be in their life. And that right person will want you, you know, that whatever the caliber of person that you're looking for will want to have you in their life. But otherwise, we become like cactus trees, right? We're spiking people and, and we're chasing them away. And we're saying they are the ones that are wrong, right? Because I don't get to see how I'm showing up that is pushing them away. Yeah, it takes such a high level of self-awareness to realize, you know, what is it that I'm bringing to any situation. And I love how your program's called Epic Me, Epic We, because I'm a firm believer that anything great that I'm trying to create with others, it starts with creating something great with myself. And that's something that I teach my clients as well. So I really appreciate you doing this type of work in the world. It's so amazing. Where can the people listening find you online and can learn more about you and all of your offerings. Oh, thank you. Can I say one thing after what you said? Uh, is, oh, for sure. Is I believe that one of the main reasons that this country has also gone in decay is the absence of fathers at home. I want to change that, right? That's why that's part of the byproduct of you wanting to be in this relationship. Your family, the children get to enjoy that instead of having so many broken homes that create just chaos, right? Because the children don't grow with a with a with a healthy identity about themselves, right? I am a product of a broken home and I know that I went through my turmoil until I found how to turn it around, thank God. So that I'm in a mission to change that. I'm in a mission to change how relationships are done and um, how people can find me. It's on my website, Soraya Autana, S-O-R-A-Y-A. And my last name is A-U-T-A-N-A.com. Um, there's, there's all you want. Uh, it's right there on Instagram as well. So all the links are right there, but 
but there's a decentralized um, hub for all things and um, yeah and, and so there's different programs it doesn't matter where you are in life it doesn't matter where you're going through there, I, I tell people, it doesn't matter if you're in the basement or the penthouse. There okay. is always another level that you can go that is available for you, not because you have to, but because it's available, right? There's another level of greatness that we haven't even tapped. So and when you work with somebody, you are paying to shorten the time. You can go figure it out. You know, I've been for this in seven years. So you can go, I can give you the list of, you know, you can go do that, but it's going to take you all this time. Or you can walk like somebody like Albi and have, grab me by the hand, show me the way out, show me the shortcut. I don't need to go into this long journey unnecessarily because we already have gone through it and we want to save you the time, the turmoil, definitely, right? And getting you to, do what you do best and let us do what we do best so that we can create that synergy and allow you for you to create that epic life. I love that so much. And, you know, what comes up for me is that, you know, anyone out there listening that's going through something and they want to up level themselves, know that you don't have to do it all by yourself. There's people out there like Soraya, like myself and so many others that can help you. And I highly, highly, highly recommend that you check out Soraya's work and see how she can help you become the best version of yourself so that you can have the best relationships in life that you want to have. Soraya, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sharing your love, spreading your magic in the world, and ultimately helping people be better, creating better relationships, and ultimately creating stronger families in the home. Absolutely. Well, thank you for your invitation and thank you for the message that you put out, out in the world because I wish I could hear something like this when I was going through all my mess. So somebody is saying thank you, Alvi, for putting this out. And thank you for everybody for, to listening this far and knowing that, yes, you can create and design a life that you love. Mm, Aho, great spirit. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. All right, so right. Till next time. Ciao, ciao.